The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Helen McEntee is the Minister for Justice and she is uh, with me now in studio. Minister, uh, it is good to see you and thanks a million for Hi. coming into us. Um, there's, there's kind of an awful lot to talk about. I know these, these issues are in the Criminal Assets Bureau um, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But earlier in the show, uh, there was mention of this uh, initiative that had been rolled out after November 23rd, the so-called Dublin riots, to increase uh, visible policing in the city. And some speculation today that that was coming to an end and there wouldn't be the same level of policing. Well, what's the situation there? Well, firstly, just to assure people or reassure people that there will continue to be that high visibility policing. Um, I think people have really noticed, not just since Christmas, but since the summer, um, that increased visibility um, and that in itself, I think, just provides reassurance to people. So the Garda Commissioner has assured me that that will continue, uh, that we will continue to have that high visibility, that we will continue to use overtime uh, as is needed uh, and that whatever resources are needed to keep up that presence, that that will be maintained. So, yes, of course, uh, teams might change, organisational structures might change, but what people need to know, what people want to know, will we continue to have that presence and yes is the answer. I've been reassured of that and assured of that by the Commissioner. And is the city safer, do you feel, today? Does it feel safer to people, do you suspect, than it did a couple of months ago? I think people certainly feel the increased presence and they feel um, that sense that they're seeing more uniformed Gardaí. And often it is just seeing that uniform because you do have Gardaí that are working, that are operating, not in uniform. There's different teams that deal with uh, drug dealing, street crime, all of these areas. But when you put them in uniform, that presence suddenly becomes much more enhanced. And some of that is what has happened as well, where you have Gardaí that wouldn't have been in uniforms are now in uniforms. And I think people like to see that. So certainly there has been Mm. uh, maybe a feeling of a greater presence around the city centre, but beyond as well. Uh, and that will continue. And I suppose it's to reassure people that that will continue. We, we spoke to a few business owners and we heard from locals as well a little bit earlier. I think they were very fair in their assessment. They'd have agreed with a lot of what you said about the impact of the policing and some of them felt it positively. I guess that their chief complaint, if I can call it that, and I don't want to put words in their mouth, was that there still may be a perception they felt that the city is unsafe and it was affecting things like footfall, knock-on impact on business in the city, businesses closing leads to dereliction. They they felt they were still on a bit of a downward spiral and they, they didn't know what the simple solution is to changing perception. You know, that's a difficult thing to do. But would you accept that reality? I think perception is often as important as reality and there was a huge focus and emphasis before Christmas to highlight, uh, I suppose, what the city centre has to offer people, not taking away from any other county or obviously any other town or city, but uh, highlighting the fact that we did have a strong Garda presence and will continue to have it, that we do have fantastic businesses, that we do have fantastic people living and working in the city uh, and to encourage people to come in. But, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. Safety is not just about policing. It's about our landscape. It's about dereliction it's about rubbish collection, it's about lighting, it's about the businesses that are there, it's about investing in an area as a whole. What kind of services do we have? You know, we know that there is a concentration of services for vulnerable people in our city centre. How do we deal with that and how do we support them and understand, obviously, what the problems are? So we have a community safety partnership. It's up Mm. and running in the city centre. What that partnership is doing, working with the Gardaí, is addressing all of these issues. So Dublin City Council has looked at Where do we need better lighting? How do we collect rubbish at a better time so it's not thrown all over the streets? How do we clean our streets in a better way? How do we make sure that buildings are not derelict? How do we invest in services? How do we provide support for young people so they're not hanging Mm. around the streets? All of this is underway. It's happening. And I suppose it takes time when you have a knockback and certainly what happened in November, you know, it was a knockback for a lot of people. But I have met with so many retailers, business people, 
you know, my own colleagues as well, engaging with local communities. Um, you know, we have a fantastic city centre and I think we just need to make sure that everybody else realises that yeah. there's a lot of work going on and that it is, of course, it's safe. I absolutely believe it's safe. Are there problems? Yes, there are. Are there problem areas? You wouldn't have a capital city of a million people without mm. problems. But for the whole, it is safe. Now and people, I think we just need to keep People kind of get a on. sense of deja vu. They'll remember, you, remember after the attack on that tourist, you're talking about Dublin city centre safe and then several weeks later, the place is in flames. Well, I wonder why they should take it seriously this time. Well, what I said at the time was, as a whole city, do I think it's safe? And I stand by that. I think anybody who has been asked would say, generally, as a city of a million people, it is safe. And, you know, internationally, we are seen as a safe country and a safe city. But of course, there are problems. Of course, there are problem areas. Of course, there are issues that we have to deal with. And I mean, as Minister for Justice, when it comes to Gardaí, making sure that we have more Gardaí, that they have the resources and the supports that they need. That's my number one priority. But it's also about looking at the other issues as well, Mm. looking at the environment, the built environment, looking at how we can invest in supports and resources and all of the things that actually make people feel safe. So it goes back to the perception of feeling unsafe, how do we address that? But also, how do we make sure that if somebody is a victim of a crime, they can go to the Gardaí if shops have issues yeah. of theft, that they have a way to deal with this? You know, just before Christmas, the Gardaí launched Operation Target. This is a very specific operation that identifies and looks at prolific shopkeeper or shop uh, thefts, essentially where, where people are uh, involved in significant numbers of thefts, um, identifying that mm. and taking those prolific offenders off the streets. And this is something that I think will be hugely beneficial, not just for Dublin city centre, yeah. Cork, Galway, Limerick, all of our major cities and uh, towns. On the question of kind of perception being as important as reality, perception being reality in some situations, there's a perception out there, and you might disagree with the reality of it, but a perception nonetheless that the government did a U-turn in the face of protests in Ballinrobe, that single men were going to be housed in, in, in one facility and then families instead. The same story emerged from Carlo. Uh, and, and then uh, as well... Uh, Post kind of protests in Ross Gray, although they're still ongoing, um, the government acquiescing to kind of investment in a so-called community hotel and now the dispersal of resources around the country. There, There are suggestions in some quarters that you're encouraging protest by doing this type of thing. No matter what way you look at it, we are under pressure when it comes to housing people seeking international protection. And the Minister for Integration, uh, Minister Gorman, my colleague, has always said, and we as a government have said, we need to house women and families and children first. Um, that's not to say we don't want to house everyone. We do. Everybody in particular with the weather that we're experiencing. Was there a plan in Ballinrobe to house single men? And was that plan changed? So, so I'm not over the detail of every single plan, but what I will say is that it changes on a daily basis. And I do know that much. I know uh, our figures fluctuate depending on the flights that come in, depending on who arrives at Burkey, where they're seeking international protection. And I know that as accommodation arises, uh, depending on what the requirement is, families, women, children, men are put into that accommodation and we are doing as a government everything that we can to try and house everybody. Mm. I don't think anybody should have a say in where somebody lives. Um, I do accept and as a government we accept that there are communities with genuine concerns and I think those concerns are more related to where you have a sharp increase in population. It has a massive impact on services. The same as that if happened for any reason. How do we respond and how do we make sure that services are protected and we need to respond to and we are responding to those concerns. However, what we have seen in recent weeks is a small number of people infiltrate those protests, I would say, to create fear, to sow misinformation, to 
put about this information as to the people who are coming yeah. to live in communities. Uh, and that in itself is creating um, a lot of problems. And we've seen increased aggression. We've seen increased violence. We have seen significant uh, arson attacks in a number of areas. And that simply can't be tolerated. Do you, do you worry, like the Taoiseach does, and he repeated it today, his concerns that... Um, if people are not held accountable, and none have been yet, as far as I can tell, for these arson attacks, that eventually it'll end up with a building being burnt while people are in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is not, we're not just talking about people standing outside. And it's an operational issue to a degree, but at the same time, it must be, you must be as frustrated as anyone then, that we've had so many and no one's been held accountable. Do you know, I am absolutely confident in the work that the Gardaí are doing. Um, and I know that there are very strong teams working on the most recent attacks that we've seen in Galway and Ringsend. We've had some other minor incidents, um, but in particular, where we have seen entire buildings burned to the ground, I know that there are strong teams uh, working to try and hold those who are responsible accountable. Yeah. It's not straightforward. If you bring a case to the DPP, you need the evidence and you need to make sure yeah. that it's watertight. So time, we do have to give them time. There's a theme in this interview about perception and reality because people will feel that, uh, uh, that there is no accountability. And if people are not being held accountable, they'll keep doing it. If people keep getting away with something, they'll keep trying it. We saw it only in Longford yesterday. I have genuinely every confidence that the Gardaí will hold whoever is responsible for this accountable. I mean, look at last year, we had um, seven, eight hundred protests that were policed by Gardaí. For the vast majority of those, they were peaceful. There were a number of small incidents. And I trust Gardaí to respond and to deal with protests in the way that they are trained to. And as they see situations arise in a very short space of time, things have escalated very quickly where we have seen these really awful attacks. And yes, we are very lucky nobody mm. has been seriously hurt or worse. Um, but we do have to give Gardaí time to make sure that they have the evidence, they have the facts, so that when they do press charges that these people can be held accountable. Because these carry very serious penalties. Arson is up to 10 years and for the very reason that arson can, you know, somebody yeah. could be caught in a building or somebody could be trapped. Um, we need to make sure that whoever's responsible for us is held accountable. In the interim, I, I do accept people have genuine concerns in areas. We need to respond to them. But let's never conflate the two. Let's never justify violence. Let's never justify these arson attacks. Uh, on the question of misinformation, um, is there any link between migrants being moved into an area and crime levels? No, none whatsoever. And the Gardaí themselves have been very clear in saying there is absolutely nothing to indicate that there is a, a significant or an increase in crime levels where you have mm. an increase in a migrant population. I mean, we have a population of five million people. Half a million people who are in our workforce are not from this country. You know, are, are, we're talking about a very small group of people. We had 13,000 people who sought international protection last year, which in the grand scheme of our overall population, it is a very small figure. And to even suggest that they are responsible for a huge proportion of crime, there's no facts, there's no basis to it, and it's simply not correct to say it. Um, the Taoiseach today talked about, and it's not the first time he's talked about it, um, allocating resources to these 10 different areas, um, you know, extra guardie, nurses, GPs, what have you. And, you know, on the face of it, one might suspect it would go some way to ameliorating the complaints, the genuine concerns, as they're often called, of people protesting. At the same time, it can't help but ask the question, where are all these extra resources going to come from? Where are the spare nurses and GPs and guards that we're going to start dispersing around the country? 
I think there are a they number. Don't exist. Of, I, I think there are a number of ways in which we can support communities where they have seen a sharp increase in the population for whatever reason. I mean, we have more nurses than we've ever had before. We've more teachers than we've ever had before. I'm obviously absolutely committed to increasing the number of Gardaí that we have. That's not an indication we have any spare. That's just an indication of the population being bigger. We have more people with blonde hair than ever before. We have more people with red hair than ever before. I think it's about having a collaborative plan which identifies where you have a sharp increase in population where you wouldn't normally have and how do we respond in the most effective way so it's not necessarily making up new uh, you know new resources it's about directing them in the best way mm. possible we also have a community where are you going to take fund. them from people listening to this will think hold on that sounds like robbing Peter to pay Paul absolutely not I mean there are ways to do this and some of it is through funding. Uh, Minister Humphreys has a community fund which has been used really well by communities where they have uh, seen an increase in uh, direct provision or asylum seekers in their communities and that has been used to put in place resources and supports and to build up infrastructure. Uh, so it's about expanding that type of funding. It's about directing resources where they are needed. Uh, but it's also about working with communities as to, you know, what, what is missing in the community. And that's what we're doing anyway. That's what we're doing as a government. We're trying to make sure whether you're in a rural town or a large uh, city that you have the resources that you need. Okay. Um, so, you know, it shouldn't necessarily be specific to international protection applicants, uh, people coming from Ukraine. It's about where is the need most and how do we respond in the most collaborative way. Um, the Criminal Assets Bureau, uh, the most recent figures we have available on an annual basis are 2022. So 6.3 million euro in ill-gotten gains uh, collected by them, including I like the Canada Goose jackets, huge amounts of them. Um, you, you've announced some changes or outline changes today to CAB and how it operates. What are they? So quite simply, the changes will help CAB to not just take the assets off criminals quicker, but to make sure that they don't benefit from them. So at the moment, if a an apartment, a car, a grey goose jacket or whatever it is. Grey goose is the vodka. Sorry, the Canada goose. Canada goose jacket. Uh, if it's deemed a proceed of crime, it's seven years before that can then be uh, sold off or you can see the benefits of it. We're reducing that time frame to two. You also have a situation where an apartment, if it's deemed a proceed of crime, in that intervening period, it's not confiscated. So a criminal could continue to benefit from it, either renting it or living in it for seven years. That's going to change. There'll be receivers that can be sent in to change that. Also, you will have a situation where criminals won't be able to frustrate the legal system to put blocks in place to prevent things from happening. So this is about making what is a really good system. I mean, Mm. 210 million euros worth of criminal assets have been taken off criminals in the last number of years since CAB was established. I want to make it easier for, for CAB to take that money those assets, all of those things away from criminals because it's not just sending a strong message that you're not going to benefit from crime, but it weakens their organisations. It weakens their ability to continue to inflict misery on communities. So it's, you know, uh, it's about making sure that CAB can do their job as efficiently and effectively as possible. But most of all, the criminals don't benefit from their work. Helen McEntee, Minister for Justice. Uh, thanks a million Thank for you. joining us here in studio. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.